0: God, a hand clap of praise for our Savior, for the greatness of his love. Come on, y'all, patty-cake it him. Give them a real praise this morning for the greatness and the enormity of God's love in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to go right to the scripture this morning. Hopefully, the message will come together. I'm going to be all over the place in the scriptures this morning. But somewhere in my mind, I think it all goes together. So we'll we'll see. You'll give me an email. Let me know if it worked out. Genesis chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. And then we're going to skip down to Genesis 33, 1 through 4. This is the word of the Lord. But the Lord God called to man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Genesis chapter 33, 1 through 4. This is the word of the Lord. Jacob looked up. and There was Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two female servants. He put the female servants and their children in front and Leah and her children next and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead, bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed them. And they Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We honor you. We bless you for the God that you are. God, you are the potter. We are the clay. Mold us, shape us, make us, break us to what you need us to be. Holy Spirit, we give you full authority. Minister through our mind. Love with our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And God's children say amen. We are in the second week of our 11-week series entitled, Why Reconciliation? Last week, we tried to help us to understand that reconciliation is pursued by God and that we are the image bearers of Christ and are invited to take on this pursuit. We define reconciliation by Brenda uh, Salter as ongoing spiritual process involving forgiveness repentance, justice, restore broken relationship systems to reflect God's original intent for all creation to flourish. Upon looking at God's original intent in Genesis 1 and 2, we understood the purpose and why God created man. I wanted us to understand that we wasn't just created just to get to heaven, but we are created here. God placed us on earth to flourish and that to bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. The ultimate goal of reconciliation is getting us to God's original intent for all humanity to flourish. Then we looked at chapter three last week in Genesis and what we call the fall of man, and we identified the broken relationship between God and humanity and why we need reconciliation. We discovered that even in our hiding, even in our separation, God's response was to pursue us, to go after us, even in our sin and brokenness. Isn't that good news for somebody this morning? God's determination charts the course of reconciliation. But this week, we're going to move from God's response to our response to the broken relationship between God and how human's response has an impact on on reconciliation. So let us dive into my focus text this morning. I just want to look at verse 4. And we're going to dive right into it. But Esau ran to meet Jacob, embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed them, and they wept. Again, I'm preaching this morning, God's determination charts the course for reconciliation. Church, you know, when we talk about reconciliation, one of the reasons why it's so difficult is oftentimes we have different starting points. One of the ways in this series to give us the same starting point is by looking at the original brokenness. But what I noticed is I didn't look just at the original sin or the original brokenness, but what we actually did was started at the creative design. First, many of us start in different places, even in the scriptures. Because we know that in the scriptures, Genesis one and two is a place of flourishing. God and humanity are relationship, and th- things are flourishing. And then this reconciliation story starts at this place. But oftentimes, when we look at reconciliation, so many people started at Genesis three where there's sin and brokenness. And yes, Genesis 3 is where we know that we need God to step in. That relationship needs to be pulled together. But many times we start the story of our lives right there at Genesis 3. But I want you to understand that God didn't meet you at Genesis 3. God created you in Genesis 1 and 2. And sometimes we make the mistake of starting our story right at Genesis 3. Great City, this reconciliation story starts at creation and ends at the new creation. Great City, when you alleviate the first two chapters of the Bible and the last two chapters of the Bible, and and, and start at sin and judgment, then you are absolutely trying to reconcile through fear. But what we need to understand that God's original intent was for us to reconcile and to flourish through our faith. To move from old creation to new creation, that is the ministry of reconciliation. The ability that all things can become new, church, is our faith. This story is a story of restoration. This story is a story of repentance. This story is a story of grace. This story is a story of God's love. This story is a story of God's renewal. See the Bible begins with God and his people flourishing and the story ends with God and his people flourishing. He does this through reconciliation. Reconciliation is not about man's performance, but it's about God performing in our lives. The danger in seeing the scriptures from sin and judgment is that we can spend our lives Through fear, trying to avoid consequences, God's wrath, by performing instead of understanding God is walking with us through the good and the bad days. Somebody say amen to that. We got a chance to look at God's this week response. We looked at God's response in the midst of sin and brokenness, and God shows up. He meets them in the place, and he wants to know where are you. Good God Almighty, that's your story this morning. I want you to understand we don't serve a distant God, but a God that even in our bad days, our worst days, he wants to know where are you. That's the story. That's the story. That's the thing that excites me about this faith, Grace City. See, when we see a God who comes close, even in relationships that's broken, but we also see uh, uh, that's God's response but God's response should also match our human response. But see, this is the problem. Our human response comes with that kind of sin and judgment response. And so instead of reconciliation being a place of flourishing f- to an old creation, to new, from, new cre- from new old creation new creation, this, this reconciliation now becomes something that we have to perform in order for you and I to reconcile back together. Wow. Wow. This response will come out of one or two places. And I want to argue this morning. This is my argument this morning. God has a response. His response is, I will pursue you even in your brokenness. But we have a response. But there's the problem with our response. We can respond out of fear or we can refrain born out of our faith. Reconciliation can be a response out of fear, or reconciliation can be a response out of our faith. See, let me me clean this up. Some of y'all have sat under ministries, been to Sunday school, and they tried to scare you to death. This is the story they told you. They said that, uh, they said that, you know, in Sunday school, that man sinned we messed up, and now we have to perform, do right, be good, be perfect, and all of a sudden, on that good Sunday morning, God's going to have a pen of judgment, and he's going to see if your name is in the Lamb book of life. And so you spend your whole life trying to perform and be good enough. And that's the story of Genesis 3 to Revelation 20, sin and judgment. But the problem with thinking like that is you're missing four chapters of the Bible. (laughs) Genesis 1 and 2, and Revelations 21 and 22. From the old creation, ah, a flourishing, to the new creation, you're missing the part that says all things will become new. You're missing the best part of the Bible. Don't you stop at Revelation 20. You got to get to 22, baby. You got to get to 22. But here it is reconciliation becomes this thing that we need to perform well enough in order for God to accept us. It becomes this thing in order for us to perform in a way to become good enough so that we are in right standing. This is the problem in our human relationship. We want people to cons- we, we want people who consider the perpetrator, or this is who, who have done wrong to perform well enough, so that they perform well enough, and maybe I will forgive them and we can come back in relationship. And that's how we deal with our broken relationships like that. But the basis is how well they perform. Rather, we forgive them or not. But here's the part that we're absolutely missing: is that reconciliation requires God to do the pulling back together, and that pulling back together is done by God, is, is not done by us, but it's a by God who pulls does something to the perpetrator, does something to the victim, and all of a sudden, something we had never imagined begins to move in both of their lives and then that starts the steps and process of reconciliation. See, watch this, church. True reconciliation cannot happen apart from getting in the face of God. True reconciliation is not something that's stuck on humanity in itself to do. Reconciliation cannot happen without starting in the face of God. Therefore, it was necessary, even in the broken relation with God, to stay in pursuit of us and go face to face with our brokenness. And it's in this moment that true transformation and change happen. Grace City, some of you all have struggled and and know that there's relationships that you want to reconcile. But here's my question for you. Have you gotten in the face of God first? Because it will not happen through human effort. But we have to get face to face with God before we get into each other's face. Reconciliation is not manufactured through humanity alone. It requires the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul writes these words in Romans. Since we've now been justified by blood, how much more shall we be saved God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, and how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved? In other words, while we were God's enemies, God reconciled with us. While we were his enemies, God reconciled with us. He didn't wait for you to perform and get yourself together. Wow, you were an enemy. He died for you. Are we still friends this morning? We good? This is good Bible preaching right here. Well, this is where we are in the text this morning, Grace City. We continue looking at Adam and Eve and we talk about God response last week. That's when Adam and Eve would meet God in the cool of the day, and when they ate from the tree, God told them not, and they hid themselves. God then meets them in a place that normally meets and he asks the question: Where are you, Adam? The relationship has been broken due to not doing what God asked them to do. Adam and Eve is hiding from an all-seeing and all-knowing God. Wow. Then we get to verse 10, church, where Adam responds to God in his brokenness. Adam has a choice now. God has responded. God meets them in the, right, in the place where I've always seen. And now it's Adam's response. Now it's time for you to respond. Adam's response is a response, Grace City, of fear. Here it is in verse 10. He says, I heard you in the garden. Watch this, church. And I was afraid, so I hid myself. Here we find reconciliation and human response starting in a place of fear, not from a place of faith. Grace City, I want you to understand that reconciliation, our response to God when reconciling have to be in a place of faith and not from this place of fear. I know that it's a place of fear because he's hiding and I want to do this little demonstration this morning. I'm going to ask my uh, person that's going to help me to demonstrate this this morning. Come on, give her a hand. Maddie And so here, church, we have Adam hiding. Adam is hiding. There is this distance between God, Adam, Eve, and at this distant moment, here's my question. Could this have gone a different way? What would have happened is when God said, Where are you, Adam? She simply told him, I'm right here. What? What would have happened if God asked you, did you eat from the tree that I told you not to? And they said, yes, I did. What would have happened? How would God respond? Adam said, I was afraid. So I hid. This is a response of of fear. Hiding is a fear response. This is not our faith response. Our faith response is exposing, truthing, and owning. Here it is, Maddie. Did you eat? From the tree, I asked you not to eat from. The answer is yes. So what would God do if I was just to own it? Instead of Maddie, Adam, covering herself, exposing the truth, owning it, I believe through the scriptures, that she didn't have to, he didn't have to cover himself, that God would have done the covering. That in Genesis, the God that was let us make man, that Jesus, that was a third party, was in Genesis, would have done the same thing he did in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He would have covered her. She didn't need to cover herself. I come to tell you, church, we serve a God that is willing to cover us even in our brokenness. I believe this story would look a little different if we would not hide, if we would not blame, if we would not lie, that that Adam was, through faith, understood that he could tell the truth. In this moment. Grace City, I want you to understand our relationship with God and our relationship with each other has to be truth. It has to be exposed. It has to be a place where we're not blaming. Because here it is. Watch this, church. Don't 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 miss this. That the first broken relationship in scripture. We had the same problem in Genesis. There were two brothers, Jacob and Esau. These two brothers were jealous, and everybody got family. They got family issues. Anybody got some family issues? They got family issues. One, the the mother, like the son, or the other father, like one more than the other. I mean, they got issues. And all of a sudden, church, one brother gets upset He decides that I'm going to, watch this, deceive my father. Deceives the father, ends up, watch this church, oh, Lord have mercy. Deceives the father, ends up stealing the brother's birthright, and watch this. They get, they run off and go their separate race. Look at what we talked about last week. Satan's deception in Genesis. Man's distance right there in the text. Right between these two friends. Now these two brothers are separated. They're upset. But this is an opportunity for God to reconcile. So the question becomes for us, how does God reconcile this relationship? How does God reconcile? And here it is in my demonstration. Christ covers us. When Christ covers us, What God sees us like this. So now He who knew no sin took on sin so that we might be the righteousness. It could have looked like this in Genesis. Thank you, Maddie. So, how do we get there? Number one, you got to expose instead of hiding. You got to expose instead of hiding. Look at the text. But the Lord God called the man. Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. I hid. First you see, Adam is afraid. He hides. But now, he, what if he had said, yes, I'm here. Right there, I, I, it would be, I'm in shame, but my shame is with you. I have failed. But my failure is with you. I have sinned, but my sin is on you. He who knew no sin took on our sin so that we could be righteous. That's the story. God is not asking Adam, where are you? Because he can't find his location. He needs him to put his location in his phone. That's not why he's asking him. He's asking him because he wants him To understand that you don't need to cover yourself. I will cover you. Grace City, faith response and broken relationship is exposing so that God can cover it. Exposing so God can cover it. You cannot reconcile and to brokenness is exposed. You cannot reconcile until brokenness is exposed. God's determination charts the court for reconciliation. Secondly, faith response is truthing instead of lying. Somebody say truthing. Now truthing is not an English word, but it is a word in the Greek. See, in the scriptures, you said speak the truth in love. There's no such thing as speak. That's really not there in the Greek. It's translated this way, truthing in love. It's truthing in action. So that's what it's actually translated. So faith response is truth in action. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I command you not to eat from? God, God is, again, he's not asking a question he doesn't know, all-knowing God doesn't know the answer to. What he's trying to do is get the truth working. He wants Adam to reflect back on how did I get here? How in the world did I get here? And the answer is, oh, that deceiver. Oh, that's Satan. Did you, did you eat from the tree that I told you not to eat from? Yes. I did. God proceeds to call him out from eating, from, calls him out to this place where he can reflect on, where, how did I get here, church? Reconciliation requires us to do that very thing. But then the last point, the last thing I want to say, owning instead of blaming. This is the part, Bob, I love. Says, he says, listen, Did you eat from the tree that I asked you not to eat from? And listen to his response. God, that woman you gave me made me do it. I love it. He blames God. He blames the woman. But he doesn't own anything himself. Good God Almighty. But what would it look like, church? If he had just borrowed David's words in Psalms 52. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your love and kindness. According unto your multitude, thy tender mercy. Plot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sins. What would it look like? For I acknowledge my transgressions, my sins, is ever before me. Against thee only. I have sinned, done this evil in thy sight. Thou might have justified me. Thou speakest to be clear when thou judgest me. Behold, I was shapen in your iniquity and sin. Did my mother conceive me? Behold, thou thee of truth inward parts and the hidden parts thou shalt make me known with. Whiz- Purge me, God, with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be. What, it, what would it look like if he had just owned it? What would it look like if he had just owned it? Great city reconciliation starts with not hiding, owning, not blaming, truthing. It's so important. Now, I'm almost there, but it's going to get a little harder here, right here. The story of Jacob and Esau, again, he manipulated him. They end up separating. This is verses 27 through 20, chapters 27 through 29. But then there's this moment of reconciliation in, verse 30, in chapter 32. Here it is. All of a sudden, this is why it's so important to understand that reconciliation just doesn't start with us. It starts with God's presence. Here it is. All of a sudden, watch this church, in 32, an angel shows up. A messenger shows up in the life of Jacob. A messenger, who we just came out of that, shows up in the life of Jacob. Watch this. And Jacob's name, watch this, y'all, means trickster, right? So when your name meets trickster and you live up your name, you even even when the angels show up, you still trying to work out your trickster stuff. So anyway, here here it is. So an angel shows up, y'all. And when the angel shows up, he does this. It, it, It blows. It blows my mind. He begins. Watch this church to prepare restitution so his brother doesn't get mad. And he's gonna give restitution so they give him all the stuff that he's stolen and all that stuff so that so that we can kind of get back together again. So the angels, the angel prepares him for their coming together. Joseph, Jacob mindset, let me get all this stuff together, give my brother, so he won't be mad, and then he'll be okay. He's still trying to manipulate the situation. But guess what didn't happen? Jacob never gone face to face with God. And now before he goes face to face with his brother, watch this, he has to go face to face with God. And this is where we find in the scripture, Joseph wrestles with God. Let me come get you, church. Reconciliation takes a God wrestling before we can get face to face. He wrestles with God. Look, the scriptures, watch this, church, says he had a grip on God and God had his grip on him. And he said, and then they define what it meant. It says, Jacob was face to face with God. That's where reconciliation starts. True reconciliation can't happen without a face to face encounter with God. I don't care how much you're trying to give restitution. Am I preaching? Am I, am I in the Bible? And then, watch this. Keep going. We get, verse, we get to chapter 33. Jacob and Esau are now getting ready to meet. Esau, the one he stole his birthright, jumps, sees his brother, wraps his arms around him, and the Bible says, They wept. they wept. This did not happen without God working in the lives of two people individual who have no idea, and when they got back together, they reconciled. I, I-, I believe. That we got to picture this reconciliation. I think it kind of would look like this. If I would see, let me see, see if we can. You got a clip of that, Bob? I prepared you. You supposed to boom. on the court but they had this watch this church this moment they decided to do an interview they wanted to meet they wanted to meet each other and all of a sudden they had this moment on television no one knew it was going to happen and magic johnson simply apologized for whatever way they hurt and these two brothers just grabbed each other they held each other and on national television these men were excellence, working hard, and just to sit across from you and have those relive those moments of fun, excellence, working hard, dreaming big, because we were dreaming of moments before we were even, who, who, who sit up at 19, 20, 21, dreaming of stuff we wanted to do, and now here we are doing it, you know. But you are my brother. Let me apologize to you if I hurt you, that we haven't been together. And God is good to bring us back together. Am I right? I know, man. It hurt me, too. Come here, man. worship team he said God brought us back together and I am going to unequivocally stand today and I don't usually do this but I'm talking to somebody this morning and God told me to tell you it's time It's time. You have been in this distant place for too long. It's time to reconcile. The minute I said that, you know exactly who I'm talking to. It's time. It's time. It's time. Father, we thank you so much that we're not the ones to do the reconciling. But God, you do the work between two brothers that we get to this moment in the scriptures where they grab each other and they weep. You did that for us, God. You grabbed us. You wrapped out your arms around us and you held us in the brokenness. You loved us so dearly. You kept us. help us to be angels of reconciliation, God. Let us not be afraid to wrestle with you. Jacob hip got broken. It was painful. But it's through that pain that reconciliation came forth. Let us not be a people that's afraid to wrestle with the issues of life that we Forfeit the opportunity to reconcile areas that only God can reconcile. Thank you for the wrestling in the scriptures so that when we go face to face, we can wrap our arms around each other who would never do it other than without wrestling with God. Father, we thank you in advance for the word that you spoke to your people today. It's time. Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and praise him for his promises.